what is going on guys my name is mac across from me lifelong friend basketball connoisseur garrett howell and today we are bringing you a new pot no i'm just kidding this is the 38th episode of the press breaker podcast man brought to you by all you need to know the show where you talk about everything learn about nothing and uh yeah it is it's playoff time so how you doing gert i'm doing great it's the best time of the nba season uh i don't think that is disputable by anybody um it is just a better level of basketball from everybody i think it is i think it is maybe some of the best time in sports in general especially professional sports so yeah I'm very excited i agree man i agree so last week uh what did we do last week we ranked the western conference yep gave them the grades i gave them the grades on the regular season all that good stuff you know that was fun uh but now you know it's play in and playoff talk uh, you know, we have the season wrapped up, you know, we have honestly some of the biggest dispute over awards this season that I've seen in a long time. You know, usually the awards and stuff are uh are cut and dry. Also, sorry, I didn't do my uh I didn't do my weekly segment of uh the weather here is absolutely amazing right now. Oh, beautiful it's, we had a tornado last night i saw some trees getting sideways outside my window but hey we're straight we're here not a cloud in the sky today though and it feels great outside but i'm gonna go ahead and pull the curtains because it was kind of kind of bright but sorry back to where we were play-ins are almost set um if i had to be honest i think I'm pretty sure it's uh, indisputable who's going to be the eighth seed in the East and West. So, if you guys didn't know, playing tournament, we're coming to the last round of it today. Uh, we had Brooklyn, who beat Cleveland to advance to the seventh seed. We had Minnesota, who beat uh, L.A. Clippers, not Lakers. Minnesota beat L.A. in a freaking barn burner in what was maybe the most boring first half of play-in slash playoff basketball I have ever seen. Yep. And I'm like not lying at all when I say that. It was the sloppiest and most boring game I've ever seen. D'Angelo Russell started off cold, just absolutely cold. Came back hard carried with Ant Edwards. And they're going to be going up against Memphis, which, not going to lie to you, man, I don't think that's going to be an easy series for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it is the most evenly matched first round series at this point. Yeah, I because they split two and two this year. Jaw plays like garbage when he plays Memphis or Minnesota as of what we saw in the regular season. So I don't think that'll happen again. But if it does, like if they continue to be able to put pressure on him and make him shoot bad from the field and turn the ball over, then I would think that Minnesota has a real shot to take it. Yeah, I can agree. I can agree. And when it comes to the play-in tournament today, we have Atlanta facing Cleveland for the eight seed. And we also have, or not today, sorry. They're not today. But in the, uh, in the second round of the play-in games, we have Atlanta facing Cleveland for the eight seed. And we have New Orleans facing LA for the eight seed in the West. And to be honest with you, I think Cleveland beats Atlanta. I also think L.A. beats New Orleans. I really don't think it's going to be that big of a contest. However, if I'm wrong, then hey, sue me. But 
I just think Atlanta won't be able to keep up with Cleveland. Uh, but hey, Atlanta's been here before, man. Last year, they they were the worst team in the East, or not the worst team, but they were one of the worst teams in the East. Came up, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, yeah, uh, I was gonna say Charlotte looked so bad. Oh last yeah, night. probably because they had to walk to the arena for that game. Did you see that? You, no. What was that? What was that? Their bus, about? their bus across town got delayed, and so they had to walk to their game. Jeez, that's so unfortunate. Yeah, Miles Bridges was pissed. Speaking of him being pissed, oh man, he was he, very he, mad last night. Dude, he what happened? Why did he get ejected? I didn't see. I didn't want. I didn't. I don't know. I I don't know why he got ejected. I didn't pay attention to that game either, which is very bad on me because I watched the entire length of the Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Minnesota, LA game. But I didn't watch a single minute of the Atlanta Charlotte or the New Orleans San Antonio game. Yep, I didn't. I kept up with the New Orleans San Antonio game. I didn't watch it, but I was kind of keeping in tune with it. Um, but yeah, Charlotte looked terrible. Lamelo, two playing games, has not played good in either of them. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. Hey, he's like still him. he's still a twenty year old kid, twenty one year old kid. So he'll oh, be I fine. Know, I just I just I just expect more. I thought yeah. he would. I figured he. I saw a really funny tweet early in that game when Lamelo and Trey Young were both like one of nine. Somebody's like Lamelo and Trey having a mid off right now. <laughs> uh, but gross. man, Brooklyn and Cleveland, one of the most electrifying games I've seen in this whole season so far. And let me tell you, Kevin Durant. If anybody on this planet ever doubted Kevin Durant's offensive ability, you needed you needed to watch the Cleveland game. Because that man was getting guarded by Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, not Jared Allen because he was out, but getting guarded by seven-footer after seven-footer. And he still just pulled up in their face, no cares in the world, shooting over those, as Duke Dennis would say, and just draining everything. Dude, it's so crazy. Okay, so I mentioned, like, what, 15 episodes ago, 10 episodes ago, that there's not many players in the NBA that when I watch them shoot, I know it's going in besides Zach yeah. Levine. I'm adding, well, I'm not adding Kevin Durant right now. I've always known this, but Kevin Durant is one of those guys, dude. When he shoots it, you just know it's going in. Like, when yeah. you miss a shot, you're just like, whoa, he missed? And even though Kyrie had the perfect first half shooting 10 for 10, I believe, Kevin Durant... Missed a couple times in the first half, but it still doesn't matter. Like his offensive ability, I firmly believe, even at the even at the age of thirty two or thirty three, however old he is, he could go out and average fifty if he wanted to. Obviously, he doesn't because you know team a team doesn't want a guy going out there and scoring fifty every night. But I firmly believe he could. He like he one thousand percent could. Yeah, and I think the dynamic that they have with Kyrie and KD right now is perfect. Like Kyrie, let him be the primary focus, right? Because Kyrie is as like masterful, you'd say, with the ball as anybody, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, just what he does with his handle is absolutely insane. Like how he gets open, the it's it's kind of like KD in a way. Not the getting, not the like uh, you he shoot you he shoots you know it's going in, but like you can almost guarantee Kyrie's open every time, right? Yeah. Kyrie is always going to get to exactly where he wants, whether you like it or not. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a defender you are. And I think KD just having to nonchalantly score 20 is perfect for them. I think it makes the Nets really dangerous. 
Yeah. And like Kyrie is a big snowballer. We saw that in the Cleveland finals that they came back and won. If Kyrie can get going early, then it's just absolutely abysmal for the other team. Yep. He just snowballs. Every shot that he goes in, that he sees goes in, increases his like chance of going off by like 3%. So if he sees like five shots go in over the first half, he's probably going to pop off in the second half. And when you have somebody like Kevin Durant, who is possibly the best scorer in NBA history, behind him for when he's not taking off, that, like, like, how do you stop that? How do you stop that? And you have you Bruce don't. Brown. You have Bruce Brown, who's arguably like the third best player. Not, I wouldn't say best player, but third most important player on that team, yep. guarding the guarding the opposing team's best offensive player. And then you have Patty Mills, who for some reason just turned back the clock and plays like a twenty three year old now. It's just like that team is so good, and they they're not stacked really by any means i mean they have goran dragic as their backup point guard who if y'all don't know i don't mess with goran dragic bro i hate that guy but um like even him dude like he plays well it's just like that team is such a well-oiled machine imagine ben simmons comes back i really don't think ben simmons is coming back this season i don't think he's going to be in the playoffs but if he did whew. did you not see the update about his health today no, I did not. He is aiming for games four, five, or six, either of the three. Like he's aiming to be back by game six of the Celtic series. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Let me, okay. Let me go find the tweet to read it exactly, but I think it was along the lines of anywhere from games four to six, he's trying to be be back in that in that range there. So you know, now that you know, we're talking about Brooklyn. He's bringing that up. Let's go ahead and run through the Eastern Conference first-round matchups, man. So we'll go ahead, since we're talking about Brooklyn, we'll start with the 2-7 matchup. We have Brooklyn and Boston. You have Brooklyn, who quite potentially has some of the best offense in the NBA, going up against Boston, who has the best defense in the NBA. But you also have a young killer in Jason Tatum and a, a young... 90% of the way there to Akilah, Jalen Brown. Add in Derek White at the point guard spot, and they got Daniel Tice back at the center. That's a dangerous team, man. That is a very dangerous team. You have Marcus Smart, who's going to guard their best offensive player. That's a good team, man. That is a very good team. I think that Brooklyn, I think if Time Lord was healthy, they that the Celtics win. But I okay. think since he's out, I think it's Brooklyn's. I think it's Brooklyn's series. Like just okay. thinking about it, I just I think that's where I'm at because I don't think Jalen Brown is gonna do enough every game. If that makes sense, like I don't. I could agree with that to an extent, but Jalen Brown in the playoffs, especially in that series in the bubble against the Raptors, he showed up, man. Like he showed up. I mean, I've got hella respect for Jalen Brown in the playoffs now. However, I will say, I still think with Time Lord being out, that's going to hurt Boston way more than they think. And I think it's going to be Brooklyn in like six, maybe five. I don't, nah, oh. nah, nah, nah. I don't, nah. I'm not going to disrespect the C's that much. Okay. I'll go Brooklyn in six. Oh, I'll go with six. I think it's Brooklyn in six as well, but I think it could be five if they're up 2-1 going into four and Ben Simmons comes back. 
If they're okay. up two one after game three, Ben Simmons comes back in game four, and then he gets to lock up Jason Tatum or yeah, Jason Tatum, then I would say they win in five. Honestly, yeah, okay. So I'm cool with that take. I, I'm I'm with six though. I think. Yeah. Move. Okay. So moving up, we have Milwaukee as the three seed against Chicago, the six seed. This one's difficult, man. This one is difficult, in my opinion, because we know Chicago can ball, but we also know Chicago struggles against good teams. But it's just like there's so much talent on the Chicago roster. It's hard to count them out of any situation. So I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say DeMar DeRozan is going to show up in the playoffs. Zach Levine is going to be on his laser stuff. He's going to be on his sniper, his marksmanship. I think it's Milwaukee in seven. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a little hot, hot thought here. Uh, I think it's Milwaukee in four. See, I, I was going to say that. I was, I was going to say that. It could def- I could definitely see Milwaukee in four, pre- but like I cannot disrespect my favorite player of all time, DeMar DeRozan. I cannot do it. The only reason I say Milwaukee in four is because Lonzo's out whole time yeah yeah so i just think that totally just sells it right there i see i agree i agree really they don't have because lonzo and drew holiday equal each other out on the defensive end right that takes that they both take away the other team's best player but now the bulls don't have that and i i think that just gives milwaukee the perfect opportunity to sweep i I, I still think demar demar and zach are probably gonna both average 30 but i just don't think it's enough even if Lonzo was here, man, that's Giannis you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. He he makes the game of basketball look so effing easy, man. It's like it's hard. It's hard to count out Giannis, man. It really is. So you know, you say Milwaukee in four, I say Milwaukee in seven. What will it actually end up being? I don't know, but I think it all falls onto. Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen is dead ass going to be the X factor of these playoffs for Milwaukee. Yep, like DiVincenzo was a big part for them. Yeah, and I still think it's a crazy move that they got rid of DiVincenzo. I mean, I agree. Wild. Why not have Grayson Allen and DiVincenzo? Just my yeah, thoughts. and Pat Connaughton. The three yeah. white guy, the white guy trio they had. Yeah, was so they had like, the holy so trinity of them. white NBA players. It was so good for them. Yeah, but I mean, hey, whatever. They got Brooke back. That was their big. Their big miss for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Too. I agree. So now, moving up, we have Philadelphia and Toronto. The four and five game. My boy Shaq, dude. My man Shaquille O'Neal said, the Raptors are getting swept. I highly disagree. But I'm also trying to not be biased as a Toronto fan. I think, okay, I legitimately think Toronto has a chance to win this series. If I had to split it up into percentage-wise, though, I'm going to give it, like, I think 52% it goes to Philadelphia, 48% it goes to Toronto. Like, I seriously think, you said you think Memphis and Minnesota is the most evenly matched playoff series. I think Philadelphia and Toronto is. Because you have three if not four people who can guard James Harden. Obviously, 
we're talking about guarding James Harden. You really can't guard James Harden. He's gonna he's gonna get 15 free throws whether you like it or not. So. Yeah, but who cares? If they can shots. contain him. Scotty, Fred, OG, and I mean, yeah, even Gary Trent could probably keep up with James Harden. However, where Toronto is lacking is their big man. And I think Joel Embiid is going to feast on Pascal. Pascal, great defender. He, he has shown this season that he is a great defender. But it's just a little harder to be a great defender when you have a seven-foot potential MVP who is averaging, what, 29.4 points a game or something. It's going to be hard for them to guard Joel Embiid. It's going to be very hard. Now, for the rest of the team, I think Tyrese Maxey gets clamped. This is his first season in a this is his first season in a playoff series where he's actually a meaningful player. So I think he'll get clamped. I don't think Tyrese Maxey is going to be a problem. I don't think James Harden is going to be a huge problem. And now, end of the day, it's still James Harden, one of the best offensive players to ever do it. But I don't think he's going to be that big of a problem. Tobias Harris, do we even count him anymore, bro? Like we don't count him until he scores twenty and you just are kind of like or thirty and you're saying, wait a second. Yeah, like he's gonna have he's gonna have one game in that series where he scores thirty and is just hot off his ass for no reason, but yeah. then he'll go back down to earth the rest of the time. Yeah, I agree. But you know, you have Toronto, who is I think sixth in the NBA in assist. That was a stat I looked up like a month ago, so that could be way off now. But Toronto plays well as a team. They they are a well oiled machine. They get everything that they need to be done done. And they get it to who they want. Pascal, I've said it time and time again, is playing the best basketball of his life right now. I personally think Pascal is an All NBA third team member. I, I mean, just twenty two, eight and five. I feel like, or I think it's actually four now, but I'm pretty sure he's averaging like twenty two and a half, eight and a half rebounds, I think, and like three and a half assists, something like that. I think that's All NBA worthy. Whatever. All star Fred Van Vliet playing the best basketball of his life right now. Scotty Barnes, tremendous rookie season. If he does not win rookie of the year, the NBA is absolutely rigged, in my opinion. He's on the better team. You know what? Hang on. For the next minute, sorry, I've, I've just been rambling, but for the next minute, I'm giving my Scotty Barnes case for rookie of the year right now. Evan Mobley, play-in game, loses the play-in game. Or, yeah, loses the play-in game. Doesn't even drop 20 points. Doesn't even drop 13 boards. I think he had 12 boards, which is still pretty good. But loses the play-in game. Plays Atlanta tonight. Or not tonight. I keep thinking it's tonight for some it's reason. Tomorrow. Well, it's tonight when they listen to this, but it is yeah. Friday, yeah. True. Uh, Aces Atlanta. There's a chance that Evan Mobley doesn't even make the playoffs. Let's just remind everybody of that. He's averaging... Uh, What is he averaging? Like 14... Him and Scotty, I'm pretty sure, like, ride together in points, and then he's averaging, like, nine and a half boards and, like, two and a half assists or something like that. Okay, but anyway, Scotty Barnes has the better stats. I will say he's... I think Scotty Barnes is two points above him, but two boards down, but one assist higher. He has also played more games than Evan Mobley by three, four, I think. I think it's 69 to 73. His games played. And he is low-key the third option on the Toronto team. 
Meanwhile, Evan Mobley is the second option. I'm considering Jared Allen the third option because Jared Allen's points mostly comes from him grabbing rebounds and putting it back. Yeah. So I, I don't consider him an option. He does score. Like, shout out Jared Allen. He does score, but he's not an option. The Cavs don't no, come down the floor looking to get him the ball. Evan Mobley is the second option. Scotty Barnes, third option. Scotty Barnes has, in my opinion, better counting stats. And Scotty Barnes is locked in the playoffs at a five seed. He had a spot to give up. The, Toronto could have fell a spot and still been locked in the playoffs. And Cleveland might not even make the playoffs. Granted, uh, I, I think they think, will. but I don't think they are because Jared Allen's out. That changed my opinion on it. Jared Allen is out, confirmed. Yeah, yeah. It's already most Him and John Collins are both out. So, I mean, that might even it out. But still, uh, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that Atlanta wins that. But go on. Okay. But... That's my opinion on Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. I think I think it's clear cut. I think Scotty should win. I don't even think it's a question. Um, but hey, what do I know? But anyway, what do you think about the Philadelphia Toronto series? Uh, well, real quick, this is gonna happen to you because he's on your team. He's not winning Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you're uh, probably Anthony right. Edwards, Anthony Edwards played more games last year and had. Uh, similar stats to Lillo, lost, and exactly the same way you said, Scotty Barnes. He's not not happening. It's not happening. Don't matter. If it doesn't, I'm going to be so mad. I'm telling but, you right now. Anyways, I think Philly in seven. It's my opinion. I, I, I agree. Think, I think I think it's Philly or Toronto in seven. I think it goes seven uh, no matter what. It's a toss up, man. It, it's a toss up. It uh, could be Philly in seven. It could be Toronto in seven. The only reason I think Philly in seven is because of James Harden. I think that. He's just gonna overcome all the defense at the end when it matters. But see, you say That's that, my only thought. but Toronto does have the only player to ever clamp Steph Curry in the finals, and that's Fred Van Vliet. Will he do it with Harden? I don't know, because Harden does like to drive, and Fred Van Vliet's like slashing defense is slightly worse than his perimeter defense. So we'll just have to see. But I think it'll be it'll be a fantastic series either way. If Toronto goes out in seven swinging, I'm not I'm not mad about that. Yeah, and I think like you said, Joel is gonna be a problem. It also hurts Pascal that the guy he's guarding is like 50 pounds heavier than him. Does yes. does it help at all? Yeah, but Pascal is is weirdly strong for how skinny he is. But I just think it comes down to matchup presence. If a Joel Embiid can get in the game for eight or nine minutes every game when Chris Boucher is in, he's going to go to absolute work. He He's, he's going to... He's getting 10 points every yeah. time. Yeah, he's getting 10 points in, in like nine minutes, maybe even more than that. That That's where Toronto kind of falls off, man. Toronto has a good regular season bench. You know, Thaddeus Young, Chris Boucher, uh, Armani Brooks, Malachi Flynn, you know, they come in and, you know, they do their thing. But... In the playoffs, I don't know if they're going to be able to show up, but somebody who will show up and somebody who I'm even willing to call the X factor of that Toronto Philly series, Precious Achua. He could low key guard Joel Embiid. Yep. But I still think Joel Embiid's going to feast. But Precious has been absolutely killing it in the second half of the season. He deserves to be a starter. I'm not a big Kim Birch guy. However, Kim Birch is everywhere on defense for being a center. So I'll give it to him. Kim Birch is not a bad player. He just cannot score to save his life. But he's young. He'll find his way. And um, 
yeah, I think Precious. I think Precious is going to be the X factor. Yeah. So on, are we going to talk about the one eight at all? Or are we just going to wait till it's set? Well, not wait. I mean, I mean, Either we can way. talk. We can talk about them both here real quick. I don't think it matters who makes the eight seed on either side. I think Miami and Phoenix are winning the series. It's just absolutely. Miami is on top of their effing game right now. Phoenix is just absolutely killing it, bodying it. I don't think it matters. I think any of these four play-in teams, given the circumstances, could play Miami, except Brooklyn, actually. Brooklyn but, but Brooklyn can't But Brooklyn can't be there, so who cares? If Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte were to face Miami, I think Miami wins all three. Yep. If Minnesota, LA, or San Antonio, or if Minnesota, or LA, San Antonio, or New Orleans face Phoenix, I don't think it's a question. I think Phoenix wins it. So... There's that. That's done. Yep. I think I think the only thing I think the only thing stopping Miami is the play of Jimmy Butler. I think if Jimmy Butler gets in his head and decides that he wants to complain and bitch and moan and whine like he usually does. I don't like Jimmy Butler anymore, man. I want him to lose. I want Miami to lose because of him. Yeah, I agree. That stuff with Eric Spolster and Udonis Haslam, man, that shit ain't going to fly, dude. Jimmy Butler has to play the hero in every situation he's in. He can't just sit back and let things happen. And that's... I don't like that, man. I don't like people that unnecessarily go out looking to be a hero. So, moving on to the West. We have, like you said, Memphis and Minnesota. T- tell me what you think. Give me, give me an in-depth guide. What do you think? Okay, so... I... I don't know how in-depth I'm going to go, but... So it takes me a second to kind of get it going. Uh, I think cat. I think the most important thing, hundred percent most important thing, is cat and fouls. If he like continues to be getting foul trouble early in games, like it every time I watch the game, it seems like he has four fouls by the third quarter or midway through the third. Like that can't fly in the playoffs. Like him yeah. fouling out with eight minutes left against the Clippers, I thought that was it. I literally texted you and said, "Yeah, that's the game." Yeah, because I I thought that was over. No offense to everybody else on the team. Obviously, D'Lo and Ant still were playing well, but it's like Cat is so such an anchor for that team. I just I just thought so. Yeah, he's got to fix that. Um, D'Lo doesn't have to score a lot, but he cannot turn the ball over. Like he he's probably got to be averaging ten to twelve assists in my opinion, and probably fifteen to twenty, probably closer to twenty. Honestly, I think he's averaging like twenty nine against Memphis this year. And nine assists, shooting like forty and fifty percent from the field and three, I think something like that. Yeah, um, that's gonna be really important. And another very important aspect, probably you could argue it's the most important next to Cat and just staying in the game is Ant's defense on Jaw. He played great defense on Jaw all year when they play. I'm pretty sure Jaw was only averaging twenty and like almost. 30 something percent from the field and only 20, 15 to 20 percent from three, like really bad shooting, shooting splits when Ant was on him in the regular season. So I hope that it stay that, that he locks it in. And obviously, I'm Pat Bev helps with that as well. But I think John just eats Pat Bev's lunch. Honestly, I don't think Pat Bev can guard him at all. It's not fast enough. Um, yeah, but yeah, I would, I would say those are the three, the three best players, those three things they have to do, or it's they're getting beaten five. I would say so. Yeah, I think, and I going back to what you said about Cat, I think that's attributed to his stamina, man. Cat 
when he first enters the game, whether it be in the beginning of the game or maybe like halfway through the third when he gets his rest, whatever. When Cat comes in, he's an animal. But when he starts to get tired, he he still plays at 100%, and that's cool and all, but it makes him sloppy. His handling gets sloppy, his shots get sloppy, his defense gets real sloppy, and he just commits fouls just all the time because he I guess he doesn't have the stamina or necessarily the strength to just like stay straight up on people. He's looking for a bailout. He's hoping to get no calls, stuff like that. And, you know, I watch Cat play, and his footsteps are just so explosive when he's not tired, and then his stamina runs low, and it's just like all of his playmaking just goes out the window, whether it be his footwork, his handling, his shooting, any of that, it all just goes out the window. Which I guess is normal for a uh, big man, but I feel like you need to compromise. Maybe conserve some energy. Don't go so hard at the beginning of the game all the time. And I will say one thing that helps Cat, he gets a lot of offensive fouls for a center. Having Steven Adams in there will prevent those offensive fouls because he's not going to be able to just knock Steven Adams over. Yeah. Steven Adams is a freaking brick wall. So yeah. I think that actually helps Cat. I think he'll prevent him from like drawing offensive fouls unless there's a mismatch or something, obviously. But he, he dips his shoulder a lot. He really... Th- he throws his body around trying to get through people. So think, yeah, Cat, Cat struggles against smaller defenders, like very much. And kind of like the same thing we saw with Joel, uh, or not Joel, with JaVale McGee in the early 2010s and like mid 2010s. We saw a defensive scheme. I don't know if you remember it, but it, it was just a minute detail in me growing up watching NBA basketball. But I would notice. Teams would put very small defenders on JaVale McGee, and JaVale McGee just did not know how to act. Like, he just, he he kept, you know, charging offensive fouls over the backs on defense, stuff like that. And maybe that's just the strat against Carl Anthony Towns, man. Maybe you just slap a smaller defender on him, because those big men, they're used to bodying up big men. Mm-hmm. Pause. But, <laughs> like, when, when a smaller defender is up on him, they just they don't know how to shift their weight to get around the smaller guys, and so it's it's just a weakness. That that's all it is. At the end of the day, it's just a big weakness. Yep. Yeah, they they just think they can just overpower somebody, and that's just not how the NBA is called anymore. You can't just knock somebody over. So yeah. there's got to be some finesse. Yeah, like there has to be, and you have to be looking for a pass. So I think Cat can be a black hole too when there's a smaller defender on him, which I understand, right? I mean, if you have somebody six or seven inches shorter than you and 60 pounds lighter, you want to take advantage of that, but at the same time, you got to look for something else. Yeah. Because that means there's probably a big on a guard or a forward that big can't, like the big can't keep up with them. I feel like, I feel like big men, it's been ingrained in young kids, like when they start playing basketball. If there's a short guy on a tall guy, you get the tall guy the ball, like every time. You know, that's a mismatch. They should score every time. I think big men in the NBA still are kind of caught in that imagination. But these are professional NBA players. Like, they know how to handle mismatches. And it's like, they are going to move their body in such a way to where you're going to either get an offensive foul by using your elbows or, you know, pushing up against their chest or whatever. Or they're just going to straight up take a charge on you. Or they're just going to, like, pull out the... What's that word? Pull out the chair? Pull the chair out, yeah. They're going to pull the chair out on you. And it's just like... It's not a shameful thing if you can't score on a smaller guard. That's what I think big men don't get. It's not a shame if you can't score on a little guard that's defending you. 
You just need to give it up. You making these stupid plays thinking you can abuse a small guard is what like people laugh at you for. It's not that you yep. can't score, it's that you're trying to score. Yep. So uh, I don't know. So yeah, for my serious prediction though, I think honestly, Minnesota in six. It's my honest opinion. Like okay, I know I, I, no, I, but... I understand that. Because Memphis, they're a two seed, but I honestly still don't understand how they're so good. Me like I, ju- I just fail to see it. But I- I'm going to have to give it to Memphis in like six, I think. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota puts up a fight. They, they match up well. Yep. And I, I was, uh, I sent a Twitter message to Trevor or something. I can't remember. But I said I would be very shocked, like seriously, like my actual, like serious opinion, shocked if it went less than seven, regardless of who I think wins. I'd say this is yeah. a series that is most likely going seven. I still am going to stick with Minnesota in six, but I would I would say it's most likely going seven, one way or the other. Okay, fair. Moving on here, we have Golden State and Denver. This is a tough one, man. We have all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I can't I can't help but laugh every time. I don't care if you're trying to be serious or not. Anybody that says all-star starter Andrew Wiggins, I'm out, dude. I can't do it. Um, but no, nah, man. Seriously, I think this is gonna be the most boring matchup of the first round. Because Golden State, they're just gonna have shooters on deck. But Denver is really good at defending the three-point shot. So I think it's gonna be really sloppy. And I honestly think. James Wiseman isn't back for the playoffs, right? He's out. Like he's done. Pretty sure they're just gonna wait on him, yeah. I don't know that for a fact. Who can guard sure. who can guard Jokic on Golden State? They'll just throw Kavon Looney at him until he fouls out, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, Kavon true, Looney's not that terrible of a defender. It's just Jokic. I think if the Denver defenders can do their thing in preventing like twenty five threes from going in for Golden State. I think Denver walks away with this series pretty easily. Like, I, like I'm not going to lie. I think they're going to have Jokic hard carry because there's no one down there that can defend him. And I think Denver, I think Denver walks out in like six. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Now, granted, it is Steph Curry. It is Steph Curry. And it is Klay Thompson. And it is all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. And it is Jonathan Kaminga. And it is Draymond Green. And it is Jordan Poole. But like I said, you take away their perimeter game, and yeah, they can still score, but scoring 22-pointers for 40 points is a whole lot better than scoring 23-pointers for 60 points. I don't think Golden State's going to have any trouble scoring. I just think Denver is going to straight-up outscore them because they're going to go to Jokic. And I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm fibbing here. Maybe I'm just seeing something that a lot of people don't see. Or maybe I'm just not seeing something that a lot of people see. But I really don't understand how Denver can like just straight up get bounced in this series. Uh so I want to be honest with you, I think Golden State wins in five. And I'm gonna tell you, dude, I'm I'm going to the pool party. You know what I mean? I'm 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 in on the pool party. And the mitten's gonna be there. And we have the greatest shooter of all time. And you have the second greatest shooter of all time. The second greatest shooter of all time. 
you like, have John John Kaminga probably could have won Rookie of the Year if he was on the if he was in Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley spot. He has shown to be that good when he gets the minutes. Like so, I think and Draymond Green is just that is just a solid player at this point. You can't really say anything else about Draymond. Uh, um, so yeah, I think I think I'm totally opposite you. I think Golden State gentlemen sweeps. Okay, it's what I, it's what I foresee. Now, question. Answer. Is Michael Porter Jr. going to be able to actually play in the playoffs? I'm pretty sure him and Jamal are both out. Okay. That. I, 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 I knew Jamal was out. I knew, I knew that, was, that was over. But. Hmm. Michael Porter Jr. being out really throws a thorn in the in the plans. I'm pretty sure he is. I haven't heard anything about him playing. So. But I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably out. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I thought Michael Porter Jr. was going to return for the playoffs. Ah. You know what? No, I'm not retracting my answer. I'm sticking it out. I think Jokic is going to hard carry. Keep it. Keep it. I'll own it. I'll own it. I mainly just don't want to see the Warriors back in the finals. Like, uh, call me a hater. Call me disrespectful. Call me what you want. But damn, bro, we saw him for six years in the finals. Like, can we just can we just move on? <laughs> like, like I, I totally respect the comeback story. You know, they get James Wiseman. They haven't even used James Wiseman, but they're still good somehow. They have two all-star starters. They have, you know, Clay Thompson who's coming back off the Achilles. Is that what he had? Meniscus? Yeah. It was Achilles. It's that second one that kept him out was the Achilles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I want to see Denver win, man. Call me, I don't know. Call me a bitch. I don't know. But right. moving on, four and five seed, Dallas and Utah. Uh, Luca is out for game one. So. That's tough, you know. You finally, Dallas finally gets the home court advantage in the first round, like they were wanting, and they lose Luca for one of those games. What 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 do you think? If Luca's only out game one, I think Dallas and six. If Luca's out games one and two, I think Utah and six. I think if Luca's out games one and two, that Utah will take that two game lead, and they just won't be the Dallas just will not be able to win four straight. I just don't think it'll be possible. So yeah, it, it, yeah, my man. opinion totally hinges on Luca being out game two or not. And if Luca comes back, is he going to be a hundred percent? It's just like this team relies on Luca, which I know is Hard. obvious, but like we're almost in a we're almost in a Denver sense with with Dallas. It's like. If Luka isn't there, the team plays completely differently. They don't have a primary ball handler. They don't have a primary playmaker. They don't have a primary score. It's just like they seem like a bunch of lost puppy dogs out there. So it's like if Luka's out for that long for like game one and two, even when he comes back, the team is going to be dismantled mentally. Because they're losing to concrete foot Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who isn't ready to take on a championship yet, according to Shaq. So, in the end, I don't think it really matters because 
the team that wins is going to get bounced by Phoenix anyway, in, yep. in all reality. But if I had to guess, I'm going to say Dallas in seven, just because Luca's my guy. Like, Luca's one of my favorite yep. players in the NBA right now. Like, I love Luca. However, on the side of Utah, I'm starting to like Donovan Mitchell. I'll give it to him. I'm starting to like Donovan Mitchell. I didn't like him at first. I honestly I didn't like him because he wore the number 45 and I think that number's the most ugly number in <laughs> in terms of numbers 1 to 100. I think that's the ugliest number. Um but I don't know, man. Like Dallas just has so many good defenders. And Utah has so many good defenders. I think it'll just be a low-scoring, sloppy series. I'll I'll catch I'll catch the games. Obviously, I I try not to miss a single game when it comes to NBA playoffs. But that's not going to be a fun series. I really don't think. No, and maybe this is where the Spencer Dinwiddie trade comes in. You said you don't you know they don't have a primary ball handler. Maybe he's the primary ball handler they were kind of looking for. When Luca yep. is out, right? That's so true. Maybe that maybe that plays, and maybe that kind of that swings things more to Dallas's favor in home court. Maybe they can split with maybe with yeah, games. maybe so. Maybe Spencer Dinwiddie hits the come up. I don't know. Yep. Uh, um, yep. but you know, and that's absolutely best case scenarios if they split at home. Oh yeah, Dallas does. I agree. I mean, unless I mean, you can win both games, but I don't think they can without Luca though. So I'm best that's best happening. realistic case scenario, yeah. they split the home games. Yep, and. Luca is not afraid to walk in somebody's building and take a game off him in a playoff series. We've seen no. it multiple times. Although two of those times were in the bubble, which there was no home court technically, but you know. Who cares? And uh, you know, we I mean we talked about it a little bit. Phoenix is gonna bounce whoever. It doesn't matter. It 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 really doesn't matter. New Orleans or LA, they're gonna bounce them. So that's it, man. Uh, when we come back next week, I don't think the first round will be over. No, it won't even be we'll close seen, to being over. We'll have seen three games from Saturday's matchups and two games from the matchups on Sunday. Okay, yeah, true. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So so anyway, guys, yeah, I hope you did enjoy this episode of the Press Breaker Podcast. I don't have anything to leave off on. I don't know if you do, Garrett. No, I'm just ready to watch ball. I mean, that's it. Uh, right? yeah. It's just all yeah. anticipation now. We just got to see how everything plays out. Yeah. Um. So we dropped our we dropped our series predictions. Um. I'll try. I don't know. I don't even have to log into the press breaker Twitter. I'll be honest. Uh. I but you had it for a long time. I do. I, I did. I new computer, bro. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the logins for anything anymore. But uh, we. I might. Maybe will. I don't know. I don't want to speak on Garrett, but. We might be active on Twitter during the playoffs, you know, talking about live tweeting the games, whatever. Um, maybe not. If not, you can follow me on my Twitter. I'm sure I'll be talking about it a little bit at ArsenXL if you want. Um, but yeah, guys, follow us on Twitter at press underscore breaker. And uh, yeah, just have fun, guys. Have fun watching these NBA playoffs. It's going to be a blast this season. I think this low key might be the best first round in a while. Because the NBA is just so yeah. stacked now, so close. Uh, yeah, outside the one seeds, I think it's good. Like as far as like their matchups, because like you said, I think we, we both think that Memphis or Phoenix and Miami are just about to mop. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, guys, follow us on Twitter at press underscore. Go to our uh, 
go to our page, you know, like the podcast, heart the podcast, favorite the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, follow the do whatever you gotta do, man. Do whatever you gotta do to show your support on whichever platform you listen to us on. Um, I appreciate you guys coming out. I appreciate you guys listening, sticking with us, staying supportive, all that good stuff. Um, our episode last week, if I'm not mistaken, already broke a hundred plays. So that's we'll cool. Um, I think yeah. last time I checked it was on like eighty eight two days ago. I or looked in a couple of days. Or that might have been our episode two weeks ago. I'm not sure. They they have like a slow progression. They go yeah. up yeah. over over time. Um that one's at forty four. Oh wow, okay. Never mind. They're, I forgot. They I don't know what I was looking at up, though. They all you probably were looking at the top track, which are both uh, we have two episodes. Like one of no, episode twenty six, one seventy. Ooh, nice. Top five favorite players was that one. Hey, nice. So yeah. Um but yeah, guys. Up, I yeah, I appreciate y'all. Um we'll try to be more active on Twitter. We'll try to do some cool stuff. I don't know, man. But uh maybe next year you'll catch us at a Mavericks game. We'll do a live press breaker podcast at a Mavericks game because Gert's moving to Dallas. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm moving with him, gonna live in his basement. But uh gonna be a Basement dweller, little gremlin, comes out once a day for snacks. Uh, Let me force him back down. Say, don't, don't get, stay the hell in there. Yeah, I can't see the sunlight or outside. I toaster bath. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Press breaker podcast every Friday, nine a.m. Eastern, eight a.m. Central. Love you guys. Stay safe. <laughs>